Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today, I'm joined by Justin Wells, and it's Thursday, so that means it is one day after Justin's birthday. Happy belated. And it's also time for 10 questions with Inside Texas. So, Justin, you uh, feeling a little bit older, a little bit wiser, ready to give us some knowledge on this fine Thursday morning? Certainly older, but definitely not wiser. Let's get it on. Uh, no, you're one of the wisest people I know, so we'll get into it, and we'll start with what's a big recruiting weekend. Make sure you check out Inside Texas. We'll have all the updates from the last big official visit weekend of June. There may be one more event in the late July, uh, but the dead period starts, I think, on Monday at midnight. So uh, last big recruiting event, lots of visitors in town, over 20, some five stars, plenty of four stars Who's the most important visitor this weekend? And there's no qualifiers this time. You can pick whoever you want. I was about to say, you've been giving us these questions with some prerequisites. Um, I like how I can just freestyle. Most important person coming in this weekend is Colin Simmons. Listen, you can make a case for four or five different guys, but top to bottom, Steve Sarkeesian and this staff in the three years have recruited at a very high level every, every single position except for edge. And so to me, Colin Simmons, number one in the country, uh, just a master at getting to the quarterback with athleticism and tenacity. He's got to be the most important guy on campus this weekend. Yeah. Obviously the highest rated number four overall in the country, uh, in the on three industry ranking, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, the other guys who are in the top 25 who are making it Terry Busey, uh, Kobe Black, Dominic McKinley. I almost want to say McKinley, but I can't because I feel pretty confident in the uh, recruiting ability of Bo Davis to land a big class, both size wise and numbers wise. Uh, but Texas needs that edge and they need that buck. Uh, that's it's not clear on this year's roster. If there is an SEC guy there, maybe one develops from Ethan Burke or Jamon Tapp or even Justice Finkley, but uh, that's still uh, an unknown, not really a negative, but an unknown. Um, Colin Simmons, of course, wouldn't show up till 2024, but he would bring uh, a a base level uh, that probably no Texas edge has set um, in some time. I can't even think of the last. Maybe I mean, Jackson Jeffcoat was an All-American. Joseph Osai played a similar role when he was finally deployed in the right way. I don't know if Texas has had someone kind of like Colin Simmons since either of those guys. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, we'll keep going on Colin Simmons because I had a feeling that would be your uh, answer. What what makes him such a special prospect? That's a good question. Um, I think it's the combination of, of, of attributes. It's his really really freaky athleticism you know the first time i met colin he was playing basketball as a freshman at duncanville and so it's that athleticism it's also he's smart and he's savvy he understands what his role is he doesn't try to do too much when he's on the field he attacks the quarterback he made the, the the biggest difference on that Duncanville defense last year and i think he's the one of the biggest reasons why uh reginald samples won his finally his state championship Colin just brings you that combination package of athleticism. He's savvy. He's smart. And that's why he's the number one edge in the country and the number four prospect, because he really does. There's not really a weakness to his game, Joe. Uh, There really isn't. You know, even at the lowest, he still would be a a regular college starter. And that's at, you know, that's at the bottom 
of the potential. At the top, this is a guy you may see playing on Sundays. And so Colin just has a little bit of everything. And I don't think there's a glaring weakness in his game. Yeah, I was trying to think of a good comparison. And part of me was thinking about Jalen Phillips, who I think started at UCLA, ended up at Miami. But Jalen Phillips has about uh, two or three inches in height of him. Uh, Matt, if, if that the picture that Matt's showing on the screen, if you scroll down on three, has something called uh, that you know reminds us of, and they it, the the comparison, it's kind of interesting. Uh, but the reminds us of for uh, Colin Simmons for uh, as a prospect is almost there. Vaughn Miller, similar Ooh. height, probably similar playing weight. You know, uh, pretty. There's a lot of similarities between those two guys. I feel like once they get to like the college level, uh, because you know Colin Simmons listed at 225 right now, um, he's going to be someone who plays probably closer to 240, 250. And Von Miller, you know, he's been in the league for over a decade, and he's still a a player that opponents have to plan for on a week to week basis when healthy. Uh, so I, I kind of yeah. like that comparison. Better than Jalen Phillips, I feel like. So both, both right. are Metroplex guys. Both exactly. are from the Dallas area. Vaughn was a little underrated, actually. And AM got him at a time when Texas was dominating in-state recruiting. And I think they kind of overlooked Vaughn a little bit. And he made himself a, a career in, in college station and in the league. Yeah, I like that comp. Yep. I-20, Duncanville and DeSoto right there. All right, moving on to number three. We use the on-three recruiting prediction machine to, to place picks. You've got a few uh, sitting out right now, but is there anybody you, you may think about, you know, maybe over the course of the next couple of days uh, putting in a prediction for? Is there anybody who you're like this close to saying, you know what, this guy's going to – I predict him going to Texas? Yes. Waco Connolly, cornerback Kobe Black. Um, if I was putting in an RPM – and let's just say hypothetically I might today, I would put it in for Kobe Black. Uh, caught up with him and his family yesterday or yesterday and the day before. Um, I think Texas is just in a great spot. And it's not so much that I think Texas is in such a super spot. I can't think of who's the contender. I thought it was LSU, but I don't hear much LSU coming out of that recruitment right now. Uh, A&M's going to hang around the rim. He'll pop in and out of there. Oregon made an impression on him, but I don't think he's going back up there. And so, to me, it's almost like a uh, process of elimination. If you were going to tell me all these 128 Division One schools, which one is most likely, I'd say it's probably 129. I, I can't come up with a second place for Kobe Black right now. I think it would be an upset if he doesn't wind up in Austin. Yeah, and so far we've kind of had the thought that he's going to take his recruitment a little bit deeper uh, into the season. I think he's got an official visit lined up sometime in the fall. I can't remember where, um, but you know that's a good one to to get out in front of and and uh, reap the benefits of. I guess you know I don't put in very many. I'm one for one, and it was Ad Mitchell uh, during the uh, the portal era. Um, but you know, I feel like, uh, just kind of reading some of the tea leaves that Texas is in a good spot for, for Parker Livingstone wide receiver out of the, the Metroplex. Uh, you know, if I were the RPM type and, and gathering a bunch of recruiting Intel on a consistent basis, I do what I can, but, um, not there yet, but I, I think he's the player I would think about most. And, um, along with, 
Uh, Freddie Dubose, Parker Livingstone, uh, as you can see, Texas is a big lead in the RPM right now. Uh, that would make a good, a uh, little bit of a floor for the wide receiver class as they, you know, try to make, you know, runs at some of the five stars, including Ryan Wingo, um, any of the other ones around the country as well. I like it, man. Yeah, Parker, uh, July 1st. I like Texas chances on uh, July 1st. All right, moving along. Again, big official visit weekend. What's an aspect of Texas official visits that you think are unique compared to what other schools may offer? That's a really good question. You know, I, I, I have mine already. Okay, you go ahead. I'll piggyback so, off yours. Official visits are meant to show you, you know, life as a football player at that school for um, a, a, an individual just over the course of an individual weekend. You know what you'll be doing in the facility, and our Jake Lang Longy has gone on Inside Texas and written uh, several great articles about what players and families should focus on as they're seeing facilities. Tori Becton, strength and conditioning coach, big big influence. Uh, you know the the academic advisors, things like. You know, just all the different stuff that goes into being a football player that doesn't involve a helmet and shoulder pads. All the big high profile schools have top flight stuff, facilities, right. uh, you know, uh, academic support. Um, at this point, most of these programs are going to have really strong NIL. I think the thing that's unique about Texas is there are free time for a lot of these recruits and that they get to go and see you know, what campus is like. And I know summer school's in session and their orientations, but there's still stuff going on. Uh, there's still stuff, even though it's 110 degrees outside, there's still stuff going on in Austin. And I think that's the thing. And I, I, I'm not trying to say anything bad about College Station or, or Lubbock or, or Waco or, you know, let's be honest, let's think about Auburn, uh, Alabama, um, you know, Gainesville, Florida. But those are college towns. And there are plenty of recruits who love the experience of college towns because for some of them, you know, let's think about Terry Busey. He's from Timpson. That's a 3A school, a 2A school, College Station, Auburn. Those are big towns to some prospects. Yeah. But there's aspects that none of those schools except I don't know, maybe Athens or maybe Wisconsin can match in that there's so much to experience in Austin. And I think what the Texas players do is they show uh, when they're on these visits and hosting visitors, hey, you know, you can go and see, you know, this part of campus. Uh, hey, even the Texas social media account puts out go to Barton Springs and jump in the 72 degree water, you know, go to Zilker. Um, but that it's it's the aspects of living in a big city that tries to pretend it's a small town um, that I think is very unique about the official visit and something that a lot of schools just can't replicate. Um, and Texas does a good job of showing off in addition to all the different, um, you know, on campus and in facility aspects. I mean, you nailed it, Joe. There's there's not a whole lot different, I think, school to school, program to program. It's all about selling the area you live in. You know, one of our good good buddies we have, he, he used to work at Texas and he told he told me one time, you know, te Texas can be whatever you want it to be in Austin. You can isolate yourself. You can be in your room and never have to leave and do everything that you would like to do. Or you can travel around the area, the region, the, the county, and you could, you know, see different things. You can become more of an outdoorsman. You can you you can make Austin what you want to make it. And I think that's the most unique part of Texas 
is that it doesn't have to be big city. It doesn't have to be small town. It can be a little bit of both. You can you can really that's the coolest part about Texas is you can make it whatever you want it to be. If you want to be involved and active and, and, and on the scene, you can do that. If you want to be more reserved into yourself, there's plenty of places for that. And so I, I think you really hit the nail on the head and just top to bottom. They don't change that much, but I think it's all about where they're at. And Texas sells Austin and Austin sells Texas. Yeah, I think your your bubble can be as big as you want it to be. I think that's yeah. the way of putting it. Um, all right, real quick on this one. We had two commitments basically last weekend with Freddie DuBose and Santana Wilson. And we set the over-under, I think, at 0.5, and we both said under, and we're wrong. Yeah. So I'm going to say 2.5, over-under on commitments this weekend. One-word answer, over or under? Under. I'm going to go under as well. Um, I think this is a groundwork weekend for all these decisions. And none of these guys are big into, you know, trying to make their choice already. When we do this next Thursday, we'll do an over under for July. And I'm taking the over. Yeah. Just, just a heads up. All right. A um, little bit different one here. A little kind of sort of recruiting, but we're going to look back uh, today. Obviously, is June 22nd, tomorrow, June 23rd. And on June 23rd, 2022, some quarterback from New Orleans committed to Texas, uh, Arch Manning. And I'm just kind of curious. I think I was on the phone with you when it happened. And I, mm-hmm. you know, we saw that Arch Manning Twitter account. We all turned on notifications, obviously. But what's your memory uh, of that day when Arch joined Texas 2023 class? There's a lot. That was a long day. That was a long month. That was a long recruitment. There's a lot that went into that day. But I remember I was I was on the on the highway headed to um, headed to South Louisiana for the Manning Passing Academy because we knew he was going to commit within the next day or two. And so we were going down there to you know try to be prepared. He goes down there with his family every year, obviously to compete. Um, I was in the truck and I almost went off the road. Uh, cause you had hollered it in my, in my ear. And so I literally pulled, I went three lanes. I did that three lane exit that you see people do in Houston all the time. Um, I, I cut across in the truck and man, I just, I, I, I was not, it, it, it all started. It was like everything we had worked for, for almost two years, everything we had gathered, all the angles, all the sourcing, everything had culminated in that one moment. And we were so ready and we had so many things ready to go. And it was so, we were so prepared. It finally happened. You know what I mean? And I think we also had this, is this really going to happen moment a few times during this recruitment? Is this really going to happen? And man, when it did, I was in the truck, you and I were on the phone. You went straight to, you went straight to, to pushing stuff. I went off the road straight to pushing stuff. The phone started ringing, text messages started coming in. It, um, it's a day I will never forget. It's something that, that was um, it was very cool. And then I got to see him a few hours later when I made it down to South Louisiana and we were able to, to see him for the first time, get that first photo, get that first hook him. And uh, it was just good all the way around, man. Yeah, that was a, that was a big moment. Um, I remember we updated those stories almost every day to make sure the day was right, uh, making sure that you know we yeah. were prepared, we had notifications on, stuff like that. And there are two stories that I can remember where I was, my hand was shaking whenever uh, we were uh, about to publish. And one was when I had the Troy Tulowitzki scoop 
because I knew nobody else had that at that moment. And I was able to get that out. And two was Arch Manning and our, uh, our managing partner, Eric Nolene, he's, he, I told him that and he starts laughing at me and poking a little fun. And he goes, yeah, I was shaking too. So uh, it was, it was quite the day. And then uh, of course, you know, four or five offensive linemen and a, a linebacker from Hawaii jump into the boat. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Pretty shortly after. So, all right, moving on to number seven. We'll bring it back to recruiting. Uh, One of the updates we had yesterday on Inside Texas was that Bergen Catholic out of New Jersey offensive lineman Nair Daniels probably trending towards Georgia. Rusty Manziel were on Dogs HQ, uh, and Jerry Hamilton kind of had that info that uh, Georgia's looking good, probably not going to make it to Texas this weekend. But if Georgia gets Nair Daniels and Texas can take Daniel Calhoun, do you take that trade? Yes. Yes, I do. And there's probably – there's only a short list of O-linemen in the country that I would take over Nair Daniels. I I think he's a fantastic – recruit and I, I can fully see why Georgia has been pushing for his commitment but Daniel Calhoun absolutely you're talking about a kid born and raised in Georgia uh, this is a SEC native and to go in there and take him out of out of that out of the peach state would be tremendous like I said there's not too many on that list that I would tell you hey that's a good trade Daniel Calhoun I'll take that swap you're that's a one gigantic joker I mean we're talking about six foot seven 360 pounds that's Cam Williams territory. Okay. Would I make that trade? Yes, sir. I would. Yeah, I, I think so too. It'd be nice to be able to, for, I guess for uh, Kyle flood to be able to continue to recruit an area. He knows really well from, you know, coached at Rutgers for a while, uh, coached in the New Jersey area from Queens, I believe. Uh, but Roswell, you know, that's, it's odd how Atlanta just isn't this place that feeds directly into Georgia. It, it, it hasn't, it, it obviously gets good players to Athens, but it's just not a, you know, shoe in uh, like a lot of people may expect it. Um, obviously I think they play different positions too. Um, I think Nair Daniels is probably more considered a tackle, uh, but he, uh, you know, could play a couple different spots. Uh similarly large six seven and a half but daniel calhoun i think uh big human that uh, uh kyle flood prefers um high honestly a little bit higher ranked um and and seems to be a little bit more attainable for the longhorns he's making it in this weekend uh that'll be one to watch and you know that's a sec battle georgia still is interested bama auburn tennessee as you can see also interested Texas is also recruiting Louisiana uh, pretty strongly. Um, and two really strong prospects from Louisiana are heading into town this weekend. One is cornerback Wardell Mack, and the other is defensive lineman Dominic McKinley. Justin, this one is a, another either or. There's a chance they could get both. But if you had to just pick one prospect of those two, who are you taking? 
this is this one's tricky because the one I would take is not the one I think Texas has a real shot at. Okay, so I'm gonna teeter on this one. I would take Dominic McKinley, and I wouldn't blink. We met him at that first junior day in Austin, and he he stood out over the rest of those guys. Really cool guy too, insightful. Uh, you could tell that you know he wanted to kind of get into Austin a little bit more and learn about it. Tremendous, tremendous prospect. Uh, there's not gonna be many players I pick over him in any class. Now, I, I think LSU has this thing pretty far distance. I, I, I think if they're if they're running a 10k, this Joker, uh, the, the, the Tigers are out front pretty pretty heavily. Wardell Mack. I think is a guy, he's a numbers buster at Texas. I think that's a guy that Texas can actually could sneak out. Similarly to Derek Williams last year when they went down to New Iberia and Westgate and, and stole the four-star Raptor. Um, I, I think Mac is more obtainable, and I'm actually curious to see how that, re, that recruitment goes. But at the end of the day, Dominic McKinley, I mean, it, it, you're going into the SEC. you got to add meat and potatoes, and, and he is a – gigantic buffet-style dude that you want on that defensive line. That's the type – McKinley's the type of defensive lineman that LSU has had for the last 15 years. They just churn them out constantly. And so while Mac might be more attainable, I, I'm going with Dominant McKinley. That kid's going to play on Sundays, no doubt. I'm, I'm agreeing with you also because I think it's a position of, of need. Um, yeah. Right now he's – I think he's listed, I think, close to 280. He kind of reminds me of – remember Quincy Wiggins from last year who was someone Texas was real interested in, high four-star prospect, but ended up Where was at, he out of? Uh, Baton Rouge, Madison Prep, the same school, I think. Yes, Malcolm yes. Roach. And Texas had a chance. Isn't that the one a, that got hurt at the – didn't he get ran he over pretty, by a car? He had a pretty grisly accident, but he was fine. And, uh, ah, he, he like flipped he, over the car and everything. And what the yeah. – and he got up like it was nothing. He made it through, um, but I think Kinley's kind of like that. And of course, you know, LSU has a real strong pull, but we've posted a lot of info on Inside Texas that says, you know what, maybe it's not just a surefire, you know, guy going from Lafayette to Baton Rouge, yeah. making that short I-10 drive. I'm with you. I think that's just because, A, it's position to need. Um, you need someone who can play like Moro Jomo did. And, B, you're, pretty, you're in pretty good shape at corner, thanks to what Terry Joseph's done over the past couple of cycles. All right, two more questions. Number nine, a little bit bigger picture. What coach has the most to gain or prove this weekend? Chris Jackson. And it's not – this isn't the weekend you want to – I don't know. Maybe I need to change. Oh, I think see. I know mine. You know – the most to prove would be Chris Jackson, okay? Even though it's kind of different because, the you know, Micah Hudson's not coming in now. And so it, it, even though you've got to sell Parker Livingstone, you've got, to, you've got to nail down the guys that you've prioritized at receiver. I, I get that. But the most to gain is Terry Joseph because this defensive back haul, all of these guys are coming in on Friday, uh, you know, from Kobe Black, Corian Gibson, Selman Bridges, uh, Jordan Jordan Johnson Ravel, a safety. Like I, I think the most to gain is is Gideon and, and mainly Terry Joseph. The most to prove is still Chris Jackson. He snagged 
Freddie DeBose last weekend. I don't know if he has the firepower coming in this weekend to sort of, you know, gain any traction. But to me, he's the one that has the most to prove in this 2024 cycle because he has to hit some some big some big bombs on these 2020 on these wide receivers. Yeah, I think most to, to prove maybe uh, Bo Davis. There's several different defensive line uh, recruits coming in: Jaden Jackson, Alex January, potentially Terrence Hibbler, T.J. Lindsey. Um, he obviously had a. Davis has a hand in edge recruiting Dominic McKinley, like we talked about, and I guess a little bit of Colin Simmons. I think he's got the most proof because he needs a big class. He needs a successful recruit recruiting class after, you know, getting a very highly regarded prospect in Sadir Mitchell, but that was kind of it. Um, I think most to gain, I'll go with uh Tashard Choice. When you got Jarrett Gibson coming into town one week after Christian Clark uh, you know, gave you a lot of positive reviews. Jarrett Gibson. Um, the, the way running back dominoes are falling, it's still looking more and more in, in Texas's favor. Um, and that's a recruitment that Tashard Choice has put a lot of work into. So I think most to prove, uh, Bo Davis and most to gain, Jarrett Gibson. And then the last question this one's pretty interesting. Yeah, some we can probably reveal, some we probably can't, but the best official visit story you can quickly share. Does it have to be Texas? Because I was going to mention the Jamarcus McFarland recruitment um, out of out of out of Lufkin, but maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's for uh, on Texas football after dark segment. <laughs> um, was Lewis Brown on an official visit? Yeah, when he left to go to businesses he, of ill rapport, he went to the Yellow Rose, right, or the or the or the Show Palace. He went somewhere he left, where he went he somewhere. Left his Texas official visit. Do what? He left his Texas official visit and kind of went off the reservation. Well, I wouldn't say technically left the official visit because it was only like 10 miles from campus. So I think he was creating his own official visit <laughs> in some sense. And how, it didn't take long for him to get dropped. From the yeah, class. I think he was a commit at that point. No, and he then, was. He was committed. Charlie Strong think, said, uh, "You're no longer committed." Yeah, you know, you want to go to the to the strip club, you're going to have to at least invite some of the coaches, and he didn't. Um, man, that's a good one. My, I have a good no, one. For, I was I a, hear it. I, I was a student, um, and I think it was January 2015. So one of the most heated recruiting classes. Uh, you know, guys like Malik Jefferson had enrolled. Um, they were still, you know, the Malik effect was kind of in effect. And uh, I, you know, college student going out on Thirsty Thursday and go to some Sixth Street place that had 18 and up. So if you're 18 and, and you could get the X's and, and enough of the high school recruits, I think, were 18 at the time. Uh, and so they're they're walking in and, you know, I'm at my normal one of the normal places I go to. And then I'm like, Man, that's a six-three guy with dreads. Oh wow, that's a six-foot three hundred. And it's like guys, a lot of official visitors. Uh, so it was pretty interesting to see uh, some of the the stuff like that. You know, see some of the experiences that they take them to to show. You know, hey, you can you can show some of this uh, stuff off. Um, let's how about, see. How about I got one more, um, and I'm going to let a member at Inside Texas dive deeper into this story if he would like to. I'll uh, set the, uh, I'll set hold the, on. I, I'll uh, set the floor. I think, 
I think we're venturing into the weeds. All I was like, gonna all I was gonna mention was was Jordan Spieth's official visit and how much fun he had. Like he had a lot of fun. And if anybody on the board that that likes golf, plays golf, wants to you know talk it up a little bit more, he's more than welcome. I won't go into any more details, but but you know Logan's is a great place. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna front. That's a great place to go hang out. And so if our if our trusty members, our community is so good. They're so deep. They know so many background stories of so many different guys. Uh, if if he'd like to step up and tell more about the Jordan Spieth official visit. He, he, I'm going to let him take it, but man, that's a story that, uh, if you ever make a happy hour, you got to hear that one. Before we get in any more trouble, I think that'll do it for <laughs> this edition of uh, 10 questions. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. We've always got videos coming. We'll probably have more this weekend. Make sure you check out insidetexas.com. Justin, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on, on Texas football.